I'm Janine, and this is Outside the Box. Today, I'm speaking with session musician, solo artist, and founder of Guitar Cloud Symposium, Jennifer Batten. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I, I, I have a, a little codependent uh, helper no here problem. named... <laughs> Wait, what's, what's your dog's name? He gets jealous of Elvis. I, I got him when I was in... I was um, working in Las Vegas for Cirque du Soleil, and I knew I was going to have a certain amount of time with no flights. And I go, what a great time to get a puppy. So it, it, Las Vegas, he had to be Elvis. Definitely, definitely. Right. It's adorable. What kind of dog? A papillon. Papillon. So cute. Yeah. Well, I don't mind. I get all kinds of special guests on the show from kids to dogs to whoever. So it doesn't matter. It's better the visual than the barking to get up in my lap. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. So I want to I want to back up before we get into what's going on with um, the guitar symposium that's coming up on the 19th. Um, mm -hmm. I want to I'd love to know your backstory. When did you first start playing guitar? I was eight years old and it was born of jealousy because my sister had a guitar and I didn't. And I thought, Oh, she gets everything. <laughs> so, um, and my dad was really into music too. That's if cool. he was home, jazz records playing that that's the backdrop to my life. Definitely. Um, and I took lessons right away. I, I begged for a guitar. So the first Christmas when I was eight, I got an electric guitar, which at that time was Whoa. really odd for a kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was probably a piece of crap, but it was the coolest thing in the world to me. The Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. And as far as I knew, it was the same kind of guitar, although it was far from. Right. But it, it was the coolest. And um, I started taking lessons right away and learned how to read and just ended up with different teachers as the family moved. Um, went from the, the Mel Bay books to... Um, the next teacher was into uh, folk and finger style. Okay. So I got my right hand together with finger picking. Then I ended up with a blues guy and then a rock guy. And it, it was really great to have that change up of genres. Mm -hmm. And eventually I went to Musicians Institute and just dove into every genre, both feet. Amazing. So you never stopped? No, uh-uh. Um, maybe for a couple of weeks at a time from jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it yeah it's pretty funny where did you grow up are you from california i was born in upstate new york near watkins Glen, where they have the um the grand prix or, well it used to be grand prix races now it's nascar a uh, little town tiny tiny little town and when i was nine the family moved to san diego oh, so nice. i've been on the west coast ever since moved to LA and now I'm in Portland and I'll probably end up at the North pole at some point. <laughs> and where did your career go? Cause that's pretty amazing to have that momentum since you were eight. How did you end up playing professionally? Well, you know, I announced to my mother when I was 12 that I wanted to be a professional musician. That's, you know, I was listening to music, loved it, was taking lessons and loved that. Um, she did warn me that it's a very competitive business, but when you're 12, it doesn't mean that much because no. you haven't got your ass kicked yet. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and who are you competing so, with? <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember in my late teens, I was uh, uh, working on 
all kinds of tunes like Almond Brothers, Doobie Brothers, and just the oh, pop cool. songs that yeah. I was digging at the time. And eventually, I I used to get Guitar Player Magazine. I would mm-hmm. spend my allowance and drive my bike down to the music shop and pick up that month's Guitar Player Magazine. And there was an ad for a symposium that Musicians Institute was putting on long before it was MI. It was only a guitar school at that point, okay. Guitar Institute of Technology, which is a ridiculously long amount of syllables. Hmm. And they it was a new school at the time, and they were just trying to recruit And so they had a weekend symposium and I drove from San Diego to LA and I ended up auditioning to get into the school that weekend and flunked miserably. What? Really? Yeah, because I I had been taking lessons from all these folks that were teaching me some techniques and songs, Mm -hmm. but never the tools of the trade. Like I didn't know what a chord scale was. One of the questions they asked me was, can you play a G major seven? And I go, yeah. And I played a G7 dominant chord. I didn't know oh. there was a difference. Yeah. So they sent me back to study with this guy named Peter Sprague, who's a monster bebop player that lives in San Diego. And that really prepped me. Um, like every week I, I had a workload of stuff to do. And I was learning Charlie Parker solos and John Coltrane and learning chord inversions. And so six months, really intense prep then I was ready to get into the school. But even when I was in, I think I was the only one that never did a gig before. I, I would wow. just play in my bedroom at home and right. you know, imagine like the noise coming out of my amplifier was the <laughs> audience going. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you at that time? Uh, I turned 21 when I was at the school. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, young, but there, there's there's a lot younger kids going through now sure, from all sure. over the world. It's such a yeah. massive school. That's amazing. I mean, so it's it's really you built this also this foundation of music theory, right? Yeah, well, that's where. Well, it started with Peter Sprague and really mm-hmm. blossomed with Musicians Institute. The curriculum was written by a jazz studio player named Howard Roberts. Okay. And it, it was an incredible curriculum where he had this planned out day by day and minute by minute, really, we would have an hour class on a subject followed by a 90 minute lab period, which is the time to get down what you had just learned. And we would have an egg timer as long before smartphones. Yeah. So five minutes, you'd work on this A7 arpeggio and three minutes, you do this and two minutes, you do that. And when the bell went off, you kept moving and that would keep you focused. Because mm-hmm. if you, oh, I need another few minutes for this, you would get so behind. You just sure. couldn't. So it was an incredible experience, incredible discipline. And at the end of the year, I never wanted to go to school again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm done. I was so done. Yeah. yeah. But I, I got the skills, especially with ear training, to be able to listen to my favorite records and figure out what was on it. And I, I can honestly say without have, having had that education, I never would have gotten the the Michael Jackson gig or certainly not the Jeff Beck gig. Yeah. So it was a, a revolutionary year in my life. So it's like, it was pretty much like a boot camp. Indeed. Yeah. That's yeah. all I did. Eat, sleep, drink, guitar, mm-hmm. nonstop. And weekends were all guitar. Wow. <laughs> no driving, no lunch break. <laughs> 
where did you where did you go from there? Like how soon after did you get that gig with Michael Jackson? Let's see, I graduated in 79 and I got the gig in 87. So okay. eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you're young how fast you think things will happen. I, I remember telling people at graduation, within a year, I'll have an album out. Well, it was 10 years. <laughs> you know, things just happen and right. life takes you where life is going to take you. And I started teaching, which was really valuable because it solidifies the things that you learn when you have mm-hmm. to spit it out. And uh, you're forced to learn how to communicate because you're, you're sitting there one-on-one with somebody. And if they don't understand what you're saying, you got to figure out another way to yes. make them understand it. Some people are way more visual. Some people are more verbal. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really useful too. I did a lot of teaching in the early days before I got with the Michael Jackson gig. And in between um, I played with different bands and got some stage time in because it's night and day different. You you can be burning at home, jamming to whatever tracks. And when you're on stage with a live band and, and the bass player is sucking all your lower frequencies away and the cacophony of the drums, that's, that's a whole different world yeah. that continues to be a challenge because it's different in every single environment. Well, you got personalities, you got different talents, you got different volumes, different egos, you know. Yeah, I, I was actually very lucky in the early days. I was in a band called Pearl, P-U-R-L. Okay. Which it's in the dictionary and I still couldn't tell you what it means. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't my band. But I, I was lucky enough to get in there and I was really into fusion at the time. Um, Larry Carlton, Lee Rettenauer, Al Diamola was big at the time. And George Benson's big live record was Mm -hmm. out at that time. And I saw Pearl do an original fusion show opening for Lee Rettenauer. And I go, I want to be in that band. And within a month, I got a call. Um, I didn't even make any calls. I just put that energy into the universe. And I got into the band as soon as as they were switching over to doing covers. So it, it went from a, well, we, we kind of morphed. I was with them three or four years and okay. we went from playing the police and Pat Benatar doing mm-hmm. top 40 covers to doing fusion on in different venues. And then we did some weddings, which is the toughest gig you could do because you have easily three generations of people that want to lif- listen to different kinds of music. True. So you're going from jazz standards to as the old folks leave, you you know, <laughs> the music is getting a little louder and yeah. people want to dance. A C D C It was a, a really great environment to to get my stage chops in. Amazing. Uh because we are in a pandemic, do you feel that music has always been your um I wanna say like your savior, something that has really helped you through really challenging times? Absolutely. Um, I really became aware of it before the pandemic, how music uh, changes your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. It does it when you listen to it, but when you play it, your entire gray matter is engaged. Yeah. And it's happened so many times where I'm in a funk or just anxious about something. And I'll come in my music studio and jam for an hour and I stand up a different person. Yeah completely different. So it's been very healing and the pandemic has been a challenge for everybody, especially artists. Right. Uh, we're, we're the first to go when it, <laughs> right. No touring, nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I spent the first two months just sucking my thumb, wondering no. how I was going to get through this, like, like everybody. Yeah. And then I came up with the idea. I had done a, a touring seminar six, seven years ago with a buddy. I went to all the Sam Ash stores in America with my motor home um, and my friend, Jesse Solomon. And we did these seminars and, and because there was so many things that I wanted students to know that if, when I got a Skype student and they weren't aware of certain things, I thought, ah, how can you not know this? I must pay it forward and, you know, yeah. put my knowledge into your gray matter. So this symposium that I got now is kind of 2.0 of what I started out with. Cause my first one was four hours of basically me, you know, that's a lot to take. As Is that audience. the one that ended up on a DVD? Because I bought it. <laughs> no. That was, that, was that True Fire? Or, I don't know. I bought something. Well, the, the True Fire, I've got three courses on yeah. that. That's, yeah. um, I don't know. I, it, it must be less than an hour, I think. I, I, don't, I haven't seen them in years. Uh, but no, th- this was a whole live thing that just ran the gamut from certain apps to practical things about musicians traveling to mm-hmm. on and on and on. Um, so this one, I, I called up three friends that I had toured with Vicky Genfan, great acoustic singer songwriter. And I had done several tours with her in Czech Republic and in America. And last year, or is it two years ago now, I lose track of years in a pandemic, but I toured with Neely Brosh and Gretchen Mann. Uh, We did a West coast tour and, you know, I got to know them well enough that I knew that they would get it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have a, they both have a really great work ethic and Vicky as well. And it takes a lot of work to put a course together. Oh, I like bet. No idea when you dial in on Zoom what goes on behind the scenes and how many weeks prep it took to to do it. So I said, you know what? I, I my original design was to take off of TED Talks, ted.com that are. Those talks are people around the world that give a talk in less than 20 minutes. And if you're a rocket scientist or whatever you're into, you have to compress and refine everything into bite-sized chunks so so the average person can understand it. And I said, let's each grab six subjects, 20 minutes each. So each of us did an hour on a Saturday, an hour on a Sunday, then move on to the next person, next person with plenty of Q and a time with students and boy, it was a lot to get together. And now we're opening up to 30 minutes, which gives us a little more breathing time. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just morphing and growing. It started out as the four of us and I thought, okay, this, this is the four musketeers here. Um, and as soon as the second one happened, I, I launched last August and the mm-hmm. second one, happened in October and Neely Brosh got a gig with um, Danny Elfman. So she was gone. And I thought, okay, well, uh, Gretchen recommended Angela Petrelli. So she Mm -hmm. took her place for a a few months and now I'm just expanding. Uh, And Dweezil, you got Dweezil Zappa. Yeah. These, well, let me explain how the symposium works because I'm just kind of all over the map here. It's, it's a long weekend. So on the Friday night, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific, it's an orientation. Or I explain what it's about, uh, introduce the teachers, because not all the students are familiar with each teacher. And they'll they'll talk about <clears throat> what we're going to teach. 
Uh, and then it's a Q&A to get to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the students get to know each other. You know, Good. we're all in these little Brady Bunch boxes. <laughs> and it's it's just a very, very strange Weird. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's becoming more and more normal. But right. so that's orientation. Then okay. Saturday and Sunday is content. It starts at 9 a.m. Pacific and we just go. There's about five minutes break between teachers. There's a, a lunch break halfway through the day. And Vicki Genfan is also into yoga and body work. So she'll do a 15 minute thing to get blood back, back in everybody's okay. brain before we do the <laughs> afternoon workshops. At the end of each day is another one hour Q&A with everybody, the whole group. Mm-hmm. And then on the Monday is a wrap party. Oh, fine. Which uh, sometimes involves some champagne over at this ranch. <laughs> and that has morphed also. And what it is now is the first hour is live streamed on Facebook and YouTube. If my multicasting system is going to work, it, okay. <laughs> it's be dropping things at, at this moment. But um, so it's sponsor giveaways. I've been lucky enough to get 15 sponsors. It's amazing. That's awesome. So, Pretty much everybody that shows up walks away with some extra stuff, whether it's strings and straps or slides or an amp or yep. a guitar. Yeah, there's some nice. big ways. The nice. Spark Amp, our, our presenting sponsor is Positive Grid. Oh, yeah. So they're giving away a Spark Amp coming up this weekend. Nice. Um, so that takes a good 20, 20 minutes. Now I'm starting to introduce people after that that are – coming up in our next um, symposiums or, you know, I was doing the symposium every other month, this four day thing. Mm -hmm. And then in between I'm doing what we're calling a deep dive. Uh, That's, that's a a single day, long day, nine, nine to five, Mm -hmm. um, where it's a single subject and four people give their take on it. Um, So the the next one, well, the, the last one we did in January was on guitar heroes so I I did Jeff Beck, Jude Gold did Eddie Van Halen. Eddie he was Van a, Halen. Mm, yeah. yeah, it was great. And Jude has got that stuff down. It's fantastic. Awesome. And quick Gretchen, question. Wait, excuse me. Quick yeah. question. Yes. Um, what is the level of um, you know, musicianship that people can be part of this? So not beginners. Should they be intermediate, advanced? Like what? Who who can be part of this? I'll say everybody can get something out of it, but if you at least know the names of the strings from you've been playing a little while and know some basic chords, Mm -hmm. that's really going to help you. Good. Um, Because we we move kind of fast, you know, Mm -hmm. with with a half hour module, um, I got to rip through some stuff and I can't be waiting for people to figure out where A on the D string is. Right. So, I I mean, I, I don't know if they're, if they're, behind really yes. because I, I don't hear them while I'm teaching. Everybody is sure. muted until so they-, they need to know the prerequisite before they better cram this week and get ready for the 19th to learn those strings. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a genius. No, I don't even no. know. I mean, the word intermediate could mean a million different things. True. Very true. <clears throat> Just don't run out and buy a guitar and, and then jump in. Yes. You know, and and never- press on the first string and go, ow. <laughs> yeah, calluses are helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and in that, so the Monday night after the sponsor giveaways, I'm um, introducing different people that are coming up. I had Kat Dyson from Prince's Band. Nice. She's going to be doing something with us in March on mm-hmm. um, 
being a hired gun. Pete Thorne is another one. He Very has a cool. big YouTube channel. He played mm -hmm. with Chris Cornell and Melissa Etheridge and Don Henley. So it's fun. I have this wish list of people that I want. And then I have a special guest. I've had Steve Vai came and he wow. talked for two hours. It was great. Just yeah. hanging with the students. Yeah. So that is shut down to the public because that's students that paid, get exclusive time with these people. Sure. I had Andy Timmons and Scott Henderson. Um, Steve Lukather said he'd do it in April and Dweezil is coming up this, this next Monday. So it's, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's awesome. just a fun party hang, you know, and right. it's a real bonus at the end of all those hours of learning different techniques and styles and stuff to just let loose and go, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, most people will not get this access to big yeah. names like Steve Vai. Right. So being able to hang out, I mean, his day was just epic. He just right. got into the philosophy of living, really. Really? And, I didn't know that. Oh, he's, he's deep. He's I've seen really him perform because I went to Syracuse. He performed with David Lee Roth and yeah. I was so close to the stage and my jaw was dropping. I mean, well, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you can recognize in four bars who it is. Yeah. Very distinct style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a real blessing so far. Nobody has said no, you know, and it's, why would they? <laughs> well, it, a big commitment. Know, me, yeah. I, I'm kind of selfish with my time. Yeah. Oh, and, and at some point you have to be, or you're just get scattered all over the map and it, right. it's just really hard to focus on what you're trying to do. I think part of the luck has been that we're in a pandemic and nobody's going anywhere. That's right. That's right. So, you know, trying to lock down if, if it was normal times and I tried to get Steve Lukather three months out, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't right. know if that would happen. I might have to have a, a list of subs that could jump mm -hmm. in. So for now, it's it's working out really well. I feel like what you're doing with this is amazing. I feel like it's the ultimate pivot at a time when we really could use this. You know, a lot of people had to pivot during this pandemic into something. Yeah. And, and it seems like you just kept going. And, and this is a wonderful thing. Well, except for that two months of sucking my thumb, I kept going. Um, there, there's been a few times in my life that things have developed out of panic. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, what the hell do I do now? Mm -hmm. you know, the next six months just fell through. Right. <laughs> you know? And right. that's how I, I do a film show where I play in sync with films that I make. Oh, so I have the backing tracks are embedded in the film and I'll go out and play the melodies and solos basically as a very low maintenance band because there is no band. And I've been doing that for 10 years. And that, that happened after I was playing with Jeff Beck. And I, I remember one day sitting on the couch going, "Ugh, now what? Now I played what? With Michael Jackson, that was 10 years. And then Jeff Beck was three years. And now I, I just, I started thinking, okay, I got to play my own music now. That's mm -hmm. where we're at. Sure. And just the thought of dealing with humans just sucks. I'd <laughs> <laughs> had plenty of experience of, you know, playing with bands and you always got the whiners. And when you're on the road, it's 10 times worse. And right. you can lose money so fast if things don't work out and people don't show up and it's not advertised properly. Right. So, I thought there's got to be a way that I can start out by touring alone. Mm -hmm. I started thinking, well, Khaki King is going around 
doing all this acoustic stuff. Uh, I don't play that much acoustic guitar. Adrian Legg, the same. And I don't sing. And I've done plenty of clinics where I play with tracks, but that's not a show. Mm-hmm. You know, so I came up with the idea of films um, because I'm not that entertaining to watch. I mean, guitar nerds will watch your hands and go, oh, look, now you're in the eighth position. Right. He's <laughs> but but for, for people that are not total guitar nerds, it, it can get boring um, watching one person. So I came up with the film idea and put out ads for a year and a half to get people to make films for a new record that I had which was mostly stuff I wrote when I was with Jeff Beck and, you know, stuff that's not on his record became my record called whatever. And uh, at the end of a year and a half, I only had four films because uh, creative people can be real flaky. (laughs) So the guy that turned in the first film showed me how to make films and I became completely obsessed. And now I have over three hours of material I could do. And it's just been great. I mean, it's, I do miss humans. I, I like the balance of playing with a band and playing alone. Right. It's a complete, completely different thing. When I'm playing alone, I know the band's not going to forget parts mm-hmm. because it's embedded. The only thing that can happen is your computer blows up. Yeah. So I take two projectors and two computers for that show. Um, and, and then, you know, the band thing, obviously there's interaction between people. Sure. It's a good balance. If you could play with anyone right now, uh, who would it be? You know, that's a common question. And I, at one time I said Jeff Beck, and then that happened. <laughs> so um, Peter Gabriel is somebody I've always admired. Yeah. It, it's kind of a kind of a strange choice because it's not a real guitar band. It's a parts band. Sure. But I mean, so was Michael Jackson, really. Yeah. It was... Yeah, I got my solo time. I got 16 bars in two and a half hours to play Beat It mm-hmm. and maybe some other solos. But it's a whole, that's a another thing too, to just groove, just be part of the team. Definitely. So I'm sure I could learn a lot from that. Um, Brad Paisley mm-hmm. is somebody I really admire. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's a vocabulary country. It's something so foreign to me that it's really intriguing. Yeah. So um, other than that, I I don't know. I'll, I'll probably think of somebody as soon as we hang up. How did you connect with uh, Dweezil, Dweezil Zappa? Um, you know, it, it actually goes back many years. I had a student that was a friend of his when I lived in L.A. And I used to put these things on my answering machine, on my cassette answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> that I would say, okay, name that solo. And I would play a solo. And I did a Van Halen thing. And my student had Dweezil listen to it. Um, so that was the first connection. And okay. somehow fast forward, I ended up at his house because he was doing, uh, he was doing a record where he wanted a hundred guitar players on it. Wow. And so I came over and listened to a bunch of tracks. It was actually pretty magical. You know, the, the Zap was known for being weird and mm-hmm. there was nothing normal about that day. Long story, but but, um, he played a bunch of stuff for me and I got to see the studio where Frank worked. This is after Frank passed Mm -hmm. the Sinclavier and all of his guitars. It was pretty cool. Amazing. Dinner with Gail and um, uh, Moon wasn't there, but uh, Diva was. And And is it was Amit? Isn't it Amit? I met them at Tower Records in Boston years ago when they came out with Shampoo Horn. 
Oh, okay. And I, I didn't know their music, but I went and I was like, this is kind of odd, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it has to be odd. Yeah. DNA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so I I met him a couple times since then. And how I ended up with his number, I don't, I can't even tell you. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, That's it, it great. Happened. And, and he said, yes, he he was actually, uh, we were on a Zoom call a, a few months ago. He's involved in this website development thing called Reward Music that's supposed to be next level Patreon. Oh. So, so fans go to your site and they can be at different tiers um, and, and buy, like if you got, well, Dweezil probably has 10 or 20 albums out. And people can make their own playlists and buy them as chunks like that. And the more stuff that you buy, the more involved you are, the cheaper stuff becomes. Oh, okay. So he was he was walking a, a few people through that. Um, and while he was there, I go, hey, I got this thing coming up. And <laughs> he was very kind and said, yeah, I'll be there. Awesome. I wanted to ask you, uh, this show is outside the box. Any advice you give people that are struggling musicians they're you know they're they were stuck in their thumb for maybe longer than two months you know they're looking to kind of shift things up they're stuck oh come to the symposium this will shake you up Here you go <laughs> i mean you know what one, one of the things about the symposium i, I keep t- saying it's a guitar smorgasbord because i i don't have a set curriculum like you must learn this and then you learn this and then you, it's different every time. And I tell teachers to teach what they're passionate about. So one time you might get slide guitar and gypsy jazz and intervallic playing and tapping. Um, Daniela Guitardo is one of the people that's joined us the last couple of months. And he's He's amazing. Oh, beautiful chordal tapping technique and amazing sweet picking. So he does that. So you're definitely going to walk away with stuff that you've never done before. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I I tell people the ultimate goal is inspiration. If people walk Mm -hmm. away inspired, that that's the ultimate currency for any artist is just to be fired up. Yes. And this will do that for sure. Yeah. Um, Other than that, you know, um, I do some one-on-one teaching. I, I don't love it. It just sucks the life out of me. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I like it when I see, people improving. I've had this sure. one for a couple of years that in the beginning he had a hard time switching from chord to chord. And now he can play these jazz charts. It, you know, it's, it's really encouraging when people stick with it like that. Yeah. But um, I, w- I would say for, for people early on, having a one-to-one teacher is really valuable. Mm-hmm. It's zoom is a little challenging. I, I have one view. And when people aren't getting something like playing these harp harmonics and yes. it's not happening, I can't really tell what the problem is. Sure. So, you know, in person is ideal. Yes. Really. Yeah. Or having a helmet camera. I, I actually do that sometimes. Do I, have, I have these. these like a GoPro? Stage Ninja. Um, I, I use the iPhone. Okay. Stage Ninja has these smartphone clamps. Okay. And so you can clamp this on your headstock and get a view down the neck mm-hmm. or, or actually I haven't, tra- I think it's. Oh, so you could see what they're doing. Well, I, I send them videos of yeah. 
actually I've done it with one hand where I'm, I'm holding the smartphone like this and I'm picking, I go, look how my pick looks when I'm doing this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So they get, I've sent two or three yeah. angles. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was thinking when I taught, I used to teach a lot. And when I taught years ago, it was before smartphones. And now that you got smartphones, I don't have to spend half the lesson writing things out. I just go break right. out your camera. Here's what I just did. And I'll take it home and learn it. <laughs> and, wow. so, yeah, it, it's changed everything. The digital age, this Amazing. digital age. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But it's, um, I have to say, like, I'll get on uh, something songster, you know, yeah. songster. Okay. And I'll try to work on a song. Then I'll go on YouTube and I'll look for the artist that's teaching the song and it's to me, it's a great way to spend my time as opposed to just vegging in front of the TV. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, actually, I'm not familiar with songs. So I'm going to write that down. It's S O N G S T E double R. It's, it's tablature. Okay. Um, but it's a good starting point. I mean, I've learned some Led Zeppelin songs cause I saw Gretchen men perform with Zepparella. Okay. And um, I know she's married to Danielle. Yeah. And uh, they are both wildly talented. Yeah. So, um, but it's great. Music is just, as you know, it's a, it's a great um, thing to have in your uh, repertoire of life skills, you know? Yeah. And it's been proven that it, it uh, improves your brain function in other areas. Yeah, I believe it. So it's the fact that they took it out of schools is just it's ridiculous. Savage. Yeah. We need it for mental health. Oh, right. I, I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have spent so much money in therapy bills if I didn't have a guitar. Yeah. And, and I honestly, since the pandemic, I've really thought about that because so many people, you know, it's, it's easy to be in your own bubble and go, God, I'm suffering. It's not the normal world, but so many people are suffering so much more. Right. And, and, and don't have music to go to. I know. It's terrible. Uh, it, it, suicides are up. It, oh, God. Yep. We, it, no, I was saying to people how we were in a mental health crisis before this. Now we're in a mental health pandemic. Uh, and especially the younger generation that's missing so many milestones, so many things. So, I mean, even if somebody can go to a pawn shop, you know, a Salvation Army, grab a used instrument, go to something online, find somebody selling something for cheap, you know? But- well, a, a lot of people are doing that. And sweetwater.com is selling 1000 guitars every day. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, Steve Vai, you know, he, he has his own model of Ibanez guitar and he said he got a check during the pandemic and it just blew his mind. It was the biggest check he's ever gotten. I really do like his guitars. I wish I could afford one. They are the coolest. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, all these people that are buying a thousand guitars a day, you just wait a year. Oh, that's true. <laughs> there, there, there's going to be a certain percent to go, oh God, I haven't picked this up or it's collecting. Reverb.com is where you get the used ones. Where? where? Reverb.com. Oh yeah. Reverb.com. Yeah. Um, I got my first guitar at 10. Then I had a fire. I got another one in the music district in New York. I was telling um, a story to someone how, I took a cab. I took a train from Stanford to New York, jumped in a cab. I was, yeah, I was 12, had some money tucked in my shoe, got dropped off, went to Manny's music and got a guitar. 
acoustic, um, got an electric guitar at 14, but I wasn't as consistent. And I, I feel like, I don't know how old your students are, but I feel like there's no age limit. Like it's never too late to pick up. No, in fact, there, there's a lot of people that were really into music in their teens and then they got a job and did the family thing for decades and they retire mm-hmm. and they go, they're coming back to it. It's, it's awesome. a great time. You know, when, when the pressure's off, the kids are off on their own. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's cool. Um, anything else like people know about the guitar symposium coming up? I, I just want to go through the amazing sponsors that we have, because when this first started, I thought, oh, God, in a pandemic, who the hell is going to want to sponsor a new startup? Right. 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 Well, Positive Grid has, has been an, an incredible sponsor, the presenting sponsor. Sweetwater.com every time is giving away a $100 gift certificate. Plus a, a bunch of really cool design T-shirts, and oh. they, they're high quality shirts. Not not the you know the cheapest crap ever. They're right. really interesting designs and really soft materials. Cool. Uh, Fishman, I've been with them using their their triple play wireless MIDI system and their Fluence pickups, and they're they're giving away clip on tuners for. Cool. Audix is a mic I discovered a couple of years ago. Um, I use the i5 and they're giving one away and they're also giving away a thing called a cab grabber that, that allows you to just um, this device grabs on to your speaker cab and holds the mic to it. So you don't have to have an extra stand to trip over. Uh, I showed you the stage ninja clamps before Mm -hmm. they're they're giving away clamps. The G seventh capo company has given away several different colors of capos. Luna guitars has given away a guitar every time. Um, This time I have a, a gypsy zebra design, very interesting looking guitar. Uh, the Transcribe, it's actually the Seventh String Company has an app called Transcribe that I talk about that I think every musician should own. It's a slow downer and, and so much more. I, I learned every song I learn is with that app. Um, they're giving away five codes to students. Cordial Cables has been with us for several months, really high end copper core cables. Um, locket guitar straps, something I use all the time that keeps your guitar safe without any extra hardware. It has a, a spring-loaded lock on it. Okay. Tonewood is given away an amp. It's a, an acoustic guitar amp that attaches magnetically to the guitar. It's a really oh. strange new technology. Yeah. But you don't have to plug in. You could be anywhere. You could be at the beach and get effects. Like amazing. Play, reverb, um, auto wah. It, it's just Whoa. crazy. Guitar Playback is David Wallerman's channel uh, or website, and he's going to be teaching with us this weekend coming up. And he's given away every student gets a, a folder full of high res backing tracks to jam to. Um, the Tatrix company makes gobos for recording and rehearsal. Um, big supporter from the jump and Blue Guitar makes the amp one that I've been using since the very first prototype. They have some really cool t-shirts are given away. And last but not least is the true fire company that we talked about earlier that Mm -hmm. Vicky and I both have courses with them and um, they're giving away a 90 day free access, all access pass to all students. Amazing. So that's a hell of a lot that people get. Yeah. (laughs) So head over to guitar cloud symposium.com and 
have a look. You, you can hear samples of all the teachers that are going to play. You can download a schedule. And uh, we, we fire up this Friday. Awesome. And, yeah, there's something every month. And we're just going to keep going and going and going. And the ideas are always churning for what can we do next? Now, this would be fun. Amazing. And I'll put this up on my show blog as well. Um, if people want to reach out to you, do you have, a, a, you know, basically contacts on social media or where? Yeah, um, you can you can hit contact in guitarcloudsymposium.com. Okay. Um, I also have jenniferbatten.com and I get the mail that that people send through there. That's okay. the, the best option. And I'm on social media. I'm, I'm everywhere. That's, that's funny. You know, somebody said, um, I want to talk to you on WhatsApp. And I go, I refuse. I, <laughs> one more place where I have to guess where that message was that I want to find. No way. Not going to happen. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, this has been great, Jennifer. I want to thank you so much for chatting with me. And um, sure. let's keep in touch. So, you know, whatever else you have going on next in symposium, you know. We'll All right. Uh, Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me. Cool. All right.